Hello, this is Meet the Masters. It's Tim Watson here. I'm joined today by Master Rich Artica. How are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you today, sir? I'm great. Thanks for joining me. It uh, it only took close to a year, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. That's okay. Uh, I still don't think that you're you're the record. Uh, I think uh, a couple others took over a year of just sending a message. Uh, I, I have a couple of people where every three or four months I'll send a message. It's like, hey, just checking in, seeing if you have some time. When a lot of time goes by, you kind of feel embarrassed to say anything. <laughs> go away. That's okay. I'm I'm slowly persistent. So we got hey, we got it. We got it to work. And yeah. uh, you know, thank you for joining me today. Are you? Uh, looks like you're at the the, the home office today. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Um, how are things going this summer? Busy at all? Uh, we're getting a lot, a lot of the stuff that we had put off for a lot of years, like uh, uh, getting painting done, the yard work done, uh, getting a lot of that stuff done. You, you have a, a couple month lull now that you've uh, made it through the world championships. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. Look, looking forward to Kalahari, but it's, it's good to have that break. Yeah, how how was that this year? Obviously, it our first world championships in four years. Did you feel any more any more stress than you usually do going into a world championships? Uh, very stressed uh, yeah. because uh, there's at the nationals there was a lot of ring rust with the judges, and I was worried that there was going to be problems with at the world. And there, there wasn't too much, but there was still some ring rust with the judges. Did you have any issues with with getting judges, you know, with the travel changing at the last second or anything like that? Or was it was it not too bad? Uh, that, that That's always the case. <laughs> Although the way we have it set up now, we send out reminders and a lot of people respond that they can't make it or they're going to be late. Uh, in the past, it was just big droves of people would show up and we'd have to cancel rings and we didn't have that problem this year. Gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I was waiting for a judge, I remember. And then my uh, my step-in judge was Master Robinson. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting to have, it, it, he was awesome, but it was, someone was like, were you worried about him being a corner judge? I'm like, no, Master Robinson, he just, you know, he was there, he was put in there to do a job and he did his job. <laughs> And a lot of a lot of the senior masters don't they don't really mind going in as a as a corner judge. Actually, they they prefer it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he rarely gets to do judging with being an arbitrator most of the time. Right. So. right. <laughs> One of the things we I like to do uh, it's interesting. I've been on a hiatus. Uh, the the last interview I did was Jen Leno back in December. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're you're kicking me back off for 2022. What I usually like to do is is go back and get your story on how you started in the martial arts. Yeah, how did I start? In junior high school and high school, I was bullied. Um, I was in Catholic school to start in the elementary school days, and if you were gifted, they skipped you over a grade. And so I was younger. 
my birthday was uh, in August, so I was, I was two years behind everybody, or two years younger than everybody else. So everybody thought I was a good punching bag, so to speak. Um, I remember on one occasion, uh, I was small enough that I could be stuffed in a locker. So I was stuffed in a locker, banging on there, claustrophobic. I'm still claustrophobic. Um, and when I got out, I searched out the person, punched him right in the groin, started to beat up on him. Then I had to go to the, the principal's office. Um, I had boxed in golden gloves and I had done uh, wrestling, uh, but that doesn't do any good against a big football player when you weigh about 55 pounds. Um, I remember another occasion where I got stuffed in a, in a garbage can, <laughs> got out of the garbage can, got the garbage can, hit the person with it. And I, both times I wound up in the principal's office and getting suspended just for being, being beat up. So it seemed like a good choice to, to go into the martial arts and, 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 and start. And I really didn't start until uh, after I graduated from uh, Washington State. Uh, in the military, we had done functional martial arts, uh, which didn't translate very well into Tang Sudo. Mm -hmm. uh, my first tournament in 1986, I did one sparring match, I won that one. Second sparring match, the person got a little rough and I got a little out of control, I got disqualified. And that's being the judging coordinator today with no contact sparring. <laughs> that, well, anyway. <laughs> So I've toned it down since. That was a different. That was a different era. <laughs> yeah, a diff different time. Wow, that 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 '86 World Championship. There was a uh, ambulances outside taking people. There's well, basically no rules. So where did you get your Where did you get your start? You 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 started what color? What belt were you in at the World Championships in 1986? I was a brown belt. Okay. And where were you training at that time? Training at the YMCA under, under Fred DiMuccio. So I, he's an old timer. He's an old, old school person. Uh, every first snow of every year, we'd go out and train in our bare feet for the whole class. Um, when it was spring and it was raining out and thunderstorms and so on, we'd go out to a grassy, grassy field and do our jump kicks. Uh, and I come back with a nice green uniform. Uh, wife wasn't too happy with that, but it was, it, was, it was interesting. You know, you maintain, you try, you try to maintain your balance, and you're flying through the air. And when you land, there's basically no way to keep from falling down. So he was an old school person. And where was his dojang located? At the YMCA and State College. State College, okay. And when so you got started. I guess probably around like 1984 to 85? Uh, it was more 83. 83, okay. So from there, from 1983 to 1986, were you training on a regular basis? Yes. Yeah. And I was an assistant professor at Penn State at that time too. Okay. Just, just starting there. I, I so, started at Penn State in 79. You started, okay. So... For those for those that don't know, uh, what were you a professor in? Uh, professor of uh, plant molecular biology. Okay. In the plant science department. And this was a crazy stressful type job as a publisher parish kind of position. Um, 
if you didn't publish, you got didn't get tenure, and you didn't have a job. Um, so it was highly stressed. You had to publish and get money, grant monies in. Um, and uh, I'd come home from work and just be just mad at the world and being having such a great wife that I have. Uh, we cleared all the furniture out of the living room, put up a kicking bag, and I'd come home at like 11 o'clock at night and I'd be kicking at the bag. <laughs> so I wouldn't go into work and kick anybody there. Any students or any fellow professors or something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess obviously that's a great way to uh, relieve stress. I have heard that uh, I had a friend who, you know, had to get their tenure. And how how many times did you have to go through that process of of figuring out how to to get published and and all of that? Well, for tenure, you had six years. Um, if you didn't get tenure, you you were gone, gotcha. gone shot in in my, in my younger days, I was a, a very cocky person. We know that today. Um, for my PhD project, I published in science, right near all the cancer research and all that. It was only, only one of the um, plant, plant people that were in the journal. Uh, National Academy of Sciences, I published in that. Um, journal of Biological Chemistry, and all the, all the, all the gun-type type journals. And being the cocky one that I was, I worked my butt off as, 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 as a grad student, 18 hour days, and um, published the papers. I came to my defensive thesis. I got my papers, I threw them on the table and said, give me your best shot. Passed the exam, no problem. Had a few of those professors in classes and they made hell for me for the next few years. So. But anyway, that, that, that carried on to my um, uh, professor days. Uh, I was rejected from Cornell as a graduate student. I said I'd never make it as a grad student. And uh, when I graduated from uh, uh, Washington State, um, when I graduated from Washington State, uh, they had offered me a job at Cornell. And I, I said, no, I'm not taking that from Penn State. That's more my 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 style. Uh, and they said, this is a Ivy League university. Well, you know, why don't you want to come to us? I said, don't want to do it. And they, they really annoyed at me that I didn't take that position. But I'm, I'm glad I stood at Penn State. So it was a, a, a good good place to be, a good, good fit. Yeah. And so you were there for how many years? Forty years. Forty years. And when did when did you retire? Four years ago. Four years ago. And loving the retirement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do what I want. Uh, it's, 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 it's good. It's, 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 not, it's not highly overrated. It's, it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing to do. I put it off and put it off. And, and Jeanette actually retired six years before me. No, six, she, she retired, yeah, six years before me when I retired four years ago. So. She's an overachiever. She's got to got to be first. Right. <laughs> so let's go back to you know your in 1986. You go to the World Championships. Where does your training go from there? What leads you to eventually opening your own dojang? Uh, it was it, it was a good like I said it was a, a great stress reliever. 
I learned a lot from Grandmaster Shin. Um, he uh, ran the association. It was, it was his association, and it was going to be run his way. And that's how I basically was. It was my lab, and it was going to be run my way. Um, uh, no, no questions asked. If you didn't like it, you could leave. And I saw that it worked really great for him, and it worked out pretty good for me. Uh, then we got a, a lab where we got lot, lots of money. Uh, we got money from the National Institutes of Health, uh, National Science Foundation, Bristol Myers Squibb, uh, and also the American Floral Endowment, American Nursing Association, a wide berth. And I would always make myself the uh, principal investigator, so it was run the way I wanted it run. And uh, Jeanette was my lab manager. She got to share in the day-to-day activities. Um, and I wrote the grants uh, to have the money to run the lab. If there was a problem, then I was interjected and uh, I, I handled it from there. And so, so, so one example was one, one of the postdocs was not doing his job. He was just messing up things and wasting chemicals and so on. Jeanette talked to him, no, 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 no response. And then I talked to him and said, you have one month to leave. He goes, okay, I'll work for that month. I said, no, collect your paycheck, go. And again, I, Grandmaster Shin influenced that quite a bit. Gotcha. So, so how long did you continue? I don't think I answered your question. That's okay. No, it's quite all right. The other way. So how long did you continue to train with your, your instructor? Uh, remind me his name again. Fred Demuccio. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we started our own uh, studio in 1999. Okay. Um, started that, and four years yeah four years later we bought an old church, and that, that that's an interesting story. We 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 having a hard time finding a permanent place. You know, there's 15 mile rule and that kind of thing, and uh, we a church came in the market which was about about 15 miles from State College where we lived. And um, the price wasn't right. And Jeanette said, this is a great place. We got to get it. We got to get it. I said, the price is not right. So we waited a year. After that year, we came back and it was, it was half price. Who wants to buy a church? <laughs> so it was a great time. We bought the church, got rid of all the pews, uh, had beautiful high ceilings so you could swing bong swords, whatever you want, plenty of space. And uh, we've been there ever since. So we've been there for 20, 24 years. So, and I had a lot of, lot of good black belts that, that came through there that helped us move the pews. I had one guy that was a power lifter. And these pews are made out of oak, really strong, heavy. Two of us lifting, it was like a pain in the neck to do. This guy comes in and goes, all your students sit on this pew. And like little youth sit on the pew and he gets the pew and he lifts it up he takes it out of the room <laughs> the, the, this is the guy that uh on a, on a squat machine he has 45s all the way out to the end and i, I came walked by was like whoa yes could you spot me sir i was like mm -hmm. are you kidding <laughs> not sure what i'm gonna do but i'll give it a try <laughs> I'll probably just fall on you and add more weight. Yeah, to right. Me. <laughs> Let me go find three of my friends to help out. <laughs> so, 
what was the, why did you end up wanting to run your own Dojang? Is it kind of along the lines of, you know, running your own lab, you wanted to be able to do things your way? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then Jared and I had our own way. Jared um, started about six months or eight months after me. And when he first started, I remember a board that he couldn't break, I would hold it for him. And he couldn't break it, he couldn't break it. Everybody's screaming at him, break this board, damn, break this board. And finally he broke it. And then when we were sparring, he pity pat, just not hit you very hard. Go, Come on, hit me, hit me, hit me. No, I wouldn't let him hit me. <laughs> As he got older, it was like, uh, turn it down, turn it down. I remember, so I started in 2001, and I remember going to world uh, the regional championships and uh, he was one of the first people that really stood out to me. I remembered watching the creativity teams and he would be the, he would be the captain and would just, he, he was just so fluid and it seemed like everything he did was uh, just looked effortless. Right. Um, he was one of the guys, like I said, really stood out to me as I was a, a color belt. It's like, man, I, you know, that, that's the guy to look up to. Yeah, that that was a that was a really good group coming through the, with with the, the Dante and that that whole crew. George, actually, George Mabroto was in that group. Yes, yeah, I I remember watching those groups of you know like Muhammad and and yeah, Muhammad. Jared, Rob Massaroni, uh, Antonio Boriello. It was a tough group. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a group to look up to. Um, and like I said, Jared, Jared was one of those guys that, that really stood out to me. Was he, I'm assuming he was one of the, he helped instruct uh, at, the, at the Dojang and, until he eventually left to do his own thing. Right, yeah, he helped. Uh, he, he got his degree in, uh, at Penn State in, in, in engineering. He's one of these smart kind of kids. Mm -hmm. uh, he had like a 3.92 grade point average in in the computer science department at Penn State, which is really hard to do. And so he, he worked in that field for a number of years, decided he didn't like it. And he opened up his own studio at a YMCA. That got him started. Now he's got over 200 students and doing a great job. Yeah, I can see why, you know, I talked to him every couple, every couple months and I can, talking to you, I can see where he gets that, uh, very in, inquisitive like he's always always has questions and is always trying to work towards you know he's making things better right, <laughs> so, right. so now, now i see where he gets it from <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit more into details than i am yeah he's very 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 detailed so. yeah same my mrs master watson is the detail person in, in our relationship <laughs> As I'm, as it uh, seems like Jeanette is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She keeps me grounded. So yeah, so let's talk about her, and then obviously your your two other kids um, as well. They tr they trained for for many years, and I think are both Sambans, right? Right. Yeah, they're both Sambans, and I'll give you an interesting story how Jeanette got into it. Uh, my younger son came up to her when he was a green belt, and said. Uh, when I hit, when I become an Edan and dad becomes a master, you have to start. 
She's like, no, that's never going to happen. Rich is too busy with work, and Rick's not going to follow through. It's not going to happen. Well, when it did happen, he got his E done, and I got my master's same same year. He goes up there and goes, time. And she had no choice but to start. So what year What year was that? Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> Pushing your, your, not, your memory. Yeah, 2000 and... Let's see, that's what it is. 2002. Okay. 2002. So right around, yeah, that makes sense. I started in November of 2001. Yeah, um, everybody says that we were, we were crazy because Jeanette and I would work together during the day. And then we'd have a studio at night. We'd be together at night. So we'd essentially be together 24-7. And people would say, how do you get that to work? It's just, for us, it did. A lot, a lot of people have say that if I tried that, I'd be divorced in a month. <laughs> but it worked for us pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing something that you're you're passionate about, uh, and it seems less like a a job, it, it like you said, it just it works. Um, right. Now I, I know previous to that, a lot of instructors would end up having to split. And open their own studios, uh, you know, to to follow that path to get to master, and you'd have husband and wife masters in two different dojangs. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that they they kind of changed that path and are allowed. You can you have the opportunity to to go other places. Although she had, did, did she have her own dojang? No, she, she, she started her own studio at the YMCA. That's not not too far from the, our, our main studio. So. Uh, we were going to have them as as one, but the Gideon said, "No, you have to have two separate ones." And of course, I gave approval. It was, it, was, it was only about five miles away, pretty close. And so I gave, of course, gave gave approval, and uh, so she has her own. So she right now she takes care of makes mainly the younger ones. Once they get a little bit older, and a little bit maybe harder to control, teenage years, or maybe a little older than that, they they switch over to our dojo. Gotcha. So could you talk to us about the, the process? You come up through the ranks and 2002, so not long after you started your, your own Dojang, you, you get promoted to master. What was the training like getting there from, you know, Samdan and then going to master's clinic? Were you, you I know you as a, you're, you're pretty avid as far as like your fitness goes. Uh, and I know you've, you've, you've touted being able to keep up with the, the region 18 masters with their push-ups. So, well, um, let's see. It was a surprise for me to be invited to the master's clinic because Grandmaster Shin just out of, out of the blue, I get, I get this note in the mail that you're invited to the master's clinic. And I looked at you and I said, did you see this? She goes. Yeah, you're gonna do it. I said, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> he goes, he goes. Well, Grandmaster Chin obviously uh, thinks you are, so you, you better, 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 better do it. So then I got in there and did it, and um, the rest is history. Do you remember some of the people that were in your uh, your class? Um. 
Actually, yeah, the, the two two come to mind because my my Don number is two 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 seven five. Master Fisher's Don number is two 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 six seven, and Master DePetro's was two 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 such and such. So they were a couple of the ones that were in, in the class. They, they were little guys when they started. Right. I was an old guy. Uh, yeah, two guys that you can. Uh you know, you got to try to keep up with. <laughs> right. Well, it's actually good when we line up. Master Fish is so big, I can just look wherever he is. I just don't stand next to him, and I know I'm in the right, in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, it's cool when you're you're able to, to, to go through the ranks and throughout the years. You see the, obviously, people come and go, but, you know, you have that one person that you're like, you look like, oh, I know where to stand. <laughs> I know where to stand. And he would, if I was slouching or doing a crappy stance or had my chin down when I was like this, he's always there with his chin up, you know, perfect stance. And right. It forces you to, wait, I got I to gotta be like that. I got to do that. I got to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, the Craig Falschnot, he's the guy that I always look for. He's right. He is always right next to me. Um, <laughs> and obviously is that everything. So, but yeah, Master Fisher. He's another one that he he's he's one of those guys that scared me when I was walking around at like regional <laughs> tournaments. Like, Man, that guy that guy looks really serious. And then, you know, you he can be serious at times, but you you get to know him, and he's he's pretty personable guy. He's pretty wild, pretty wild, <laughs> wild. <laughs> at, at the youth camps, he was pretty. He handled the kids really well. They they really enjoyed being around him, and I, I was co-counselor with him in a couple of couple of youth camps and he was he was just as crazy as the kids were when it was time to be serious he was serious and they 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 knew when it was time to be serious yeah you've had the opportunity to 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 help run some of the youth camps in the past how did you I'm assuming you're going to get this I'm going to get the same answer for most it's like you were just told to do it but uh how, how did that come about yeah, just basically told to do it. <laughs> I remember my first first one that we we had. The weekend was really really cold. It was, it was like in the fifties during the day, in the forties at night, and raining. And the first first day of going on that golf court, everybody thought it was really cool. Being on that golf court and the rain rain hitting in the face, being cold. By the time I went to to the evening once once was ready to go to sleep. I was so cold. I'm in the shower. They're just shaking like, "Can this be over? Can this be over?" And this is only Friday night. <laughs> then Saturday came. It was it was terrible. And then Sunday was done. I was like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, it got better from there. But boy, that first year was 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 terrible. Just just to get things organized. Just to get things to where we had fun things for the kids to do. And in, in the past, they didn't have as much many fun things for them to, to do. You had to do this, you had to do that. And they were, they were kids and they needed fun things. And the, the lightsaber thing that first year, they, they loved it, they loved it. And then on each year after that, we had something else. And I think the tradition is gonna continue, hopefully, uh, if we ever switch back to the overnight weekends. So, but it, after the first year, it was fun because Jeanette would do the organizational part, and I would I would do the enforcing part, and and, and George Salona too. 
would help with the, the, the reinforcing part, getting things, making making sure things were done, making sure after 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 lights out, uh, kids weren't hiding in the bushes, meeting meeting and having <laughs> doing things they shouldn't be doing. Right. So. You mentioned that Grandmaster Shin uh, inspired you to run your your lab a certain way. What was it about him that drew you to him and and kind of inspired you to do things the way he did them? And he, he was he was so so confident. It was like he had a plan. And if there's something that you, you told him that he thought would fit the plan, fine. If you told him something that was something that he totally disagreed with, that was it. You, you, we're not going to do that. And a lot of the when I first started, there were a lot of a lot of Koreans uh, on the gut testing panel. They're essentially all Koreans. Um, and, and with time, he sort of slowly slip away, slip away, slip away, and. And he said, this, this is my, so, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if he said this or not, but it was his association that was going to be done his way and, he, and did the best of his ability. And so that, that, that was something that really drew me to him. Because basically that's how I, I was, but it really said, look at this, look at this man. He comes to the United States, doesn't speak English, eats hot dogs or whatever it is when he first got here. Was, was you know, living like a, a poor student. Now, now he's the grandmaster of the... World Association, so that, that's that's basically why I was drawn to him. Yeah, and you look, this year is the 40th anniversary of the association, and 10 years after he's he's gone, it's still, you know, just, just I would say, just as strong as ever, and we're, you know, going down the right path, and just promoted some new grandmasters, so, um, you know the people that were inspired by him, luckily, are still continuing to to grow the organization and lead it in a, a path that I think he would be proud of. If there's if there's one thing we could we could bring back, and maybe I'm too old to have this at the Masters Clinics. I remember the Masters Clinics. You were there. You they worked you. You did, you did when you did your forms. You did them until you're ready to die. And I, I would always I tell my students that the grandmaster show what he would do in the in the, in the old days. This is my horror stories, my war stories. And he'd wait there and you do forms and do forms. You get the tongue sunk and you keep doing it and doing it. And you could see that he would look out there and wait for certain masters to sort of start leaving, the population going down. <laughs> but we loved the Jared and I loved those days. And come out of there like yeah, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with Master Heiss about something similar as far as uh, providing training opportunities for people that want to to train, whether it's two hours or, or you know push to three hours. And just because someone doesn't want to train for that long doesn't mean that mm -hmm. someone else shouldn't have the opportunity to, to, to do it. So. Um, I'm I'm with you, right? If you if you go to to a clinic or whether it's a black belt clinic or master's clinic or some sort of training and and you're going for tongue pseudo training, you know you got to get your money's worth. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because I, I remember that my my first uh, shot on test, we were there until four o'clock in the morning. Wow. 
that this is where they you had, you had 10 boards, you had to set up your own brakes and all that other stuff. And we just went nonstop action, nonstop action. And actually, at the end of the test, we went back to this old hotel, which is no longer there. And Master Klaus comes running along. Thank God we're done. And he jumps in this pool that's filled with algae and gook and stuff <laughs> like that. He came out, he was all green and nasty. I said, why did you do that? Seemed like a good idea at the time. He wasn't in his right mind at four, you know, four no, o'clock no, in the morning. Right. Four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh. And then Jared, when he had tested a few years later, um, the test was really tough. He was there pretty late. Uh, we're on the bus going to the airport, and I'm laying there asleep. And all of a sudden, Jared starts punching me, kicking at me, and elbowing at me. He was he was back in his test. <laughs> they look how he's doing. He goes, what? Said, you just hit me. <laughs> so yeah, there was it was definitely definitely a long a long long clinic. But it was, it was when, you, when you were done with it, it was like, yeah, I accomplished that. I'm not I'm not saying we have to go back to that, but maybe make them a little bit more rigorous. No, I'm with you, and it's one of those things you come back and you're exhausted, but you are energized and pumped up to come back to the studio and, and share the energy and the information that you got from that right. clinic, mm -hmm. right? It's that, it's a punch in the arm and kind of a jolt from, mm -hmm. you, you know, you teach every night and I don't know how, how often you have classes, but every, you need, you need some motivation. You need something to, to mix it up and get you excited and motivated to teach class as well. And, and teach you the humility that you should have. Yeah, that's a very good point. It, did, did things like that, you, you said you were pretty, you, you could be cocky in your young age. Did events like that help you kind of ground, ground yourself when yes. it came to those? Yes, yes. Actually, you know, being the, the big dude at your studio, you're a big, big psalm down. And then you go to the master's clinic and you're like all the way in the back. Yeah. Far back as you can go. And then you slowly work your way back up. Where you, where you think you should be. And I'll never forget that first year too. We weren't allowed to wear shoes the entire clinic. I mean, walking to the uh, lunch and dinner and so on, you are, but on the training floor, you know, my feet were so sore by the end of that first year. Uh, I couldn't, I, I couldn't lace my shoes up. I would leave them wide open. Wow. Let alone put you out know, in dress shoes, wearing dress blues on the way home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to, to like you said, to give you that dose of humility and just to remind you that there's always, there's always a little bit more on the path if you want it. It's not an easy path, right? And, right. As, a, as an instructor, I'm sure you've seen your fair share of students come and go uh, throughout the years and almost, what, 40 years of training? <laughs> right, yeah. Yes, it was 30, 30 years as a, as a black belt, but with, with COVID in there, actually, it was actually 35 years as a black belt. So. Gotcha. What do you attribute to your longevity in the martial arts? Mm. 
I tell everybody, once, once it gets in your blood, you feel bad when you're not doing it. And actually now that I'm older, I can't jump as high as I used to and do certain things that I couldn't do in the past. I still try to try to do the best I can. And I'll, in, in teaching class, I'll, I'll show the jump kicks. And I, I, I can still jump, not as high as Jared, not as high as some of the young buck or, or you or anybody like that. But I can still jump. I still attempt it. Um, but what I will do is when I really want to show something, I'll, I'll demonstrate and say, this is how I do it now, but this is how I used to do it. I stunt double in one of my uh, sandans or sadans comes up, come on up, and they, they, they jump over and fly. Like you do. <laughs> so, Trust me, I have this, I have this stunt doubles too sometimes. <laughs> um, most of the time, I, I, and it sounds like you're in the same mind frame of, I try to, any, anything that I get my students to do, I like to be able to do it myself as well. Right. right? That, that's what I tell all the instructors. I say, don't tell somebody to do 50 push-ups if you can't do the 50 push-ups. Don't, don't do that. I said, if, if, if I can't do the 50 push-ups, I say do 40 and I'll do them with them. Don't, don't just stand up there and I'm, I'm an instructor. Do, do, do like I, I say, not as I, as I do. So. Absolutely. And I, I've always appreciated that about you, that you're, you're always willing to, to jump in and, and do things, you know, right along with, with, with anyone else. And I, I appreciate that in any martial artist and instructor, to be able to, like you said, walk the walk and right. not just uh, stand up there with your thumbs in your, your belt and tell right. people what to do. Well, Grandmaster Shin at the master's place, he, he would say things that no one else could say. Right. I'll never forget him saying, posture, you're supposed to walk with posture, you're supposed to walk proud, you're supposed to be, be your young proud. Uh, don't walk like duck. And he would make fun of the people that would walk like duck. Lose weight, you know, you know take care of your body. And he, he, you know, he always emphasized that. And he, and, he, and he walked the walk and talked the talk too, because he, he got a little chubby there for a little while there, but he, he, he lost it and good, good inspiration. The one thing that frustrates me is that I'm older now and my body parts aren't working quite as well. I still want to do certain things that I can't do. <laughs> so that, that's, that's the only frustrating part about it. Uh, any, anything in particular that you're, you can't quite do anymore? Uh, in Hyung's, the stances being as deep as we used to do them. Jadera and I used to go side by side. We can't go side by side anymore. <laughs> I still go fairly. I, I I don't stand straight up like 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 some people may may do just you know because of injuries or so on, uh, but not as low as I used to be. I look at some of the pictures from ten years ago when I was in my sixties, uh, and uh, I was like I was I was that low, and I, I try to do it. And it's like no, my knees aren't going to tolerate this. Well, so how old are you now, sir? I'll be turning seventy-two next week. Yeah, so I, I think that most of us will be pretty happy to be as as active and and you know motivated as you are and mobile as you are at at seventy two. <laughs> and I think there's probably some people in their sixties and fifties that wish they were as as mobile as you are as you know at seventy two. <laughs> but you know it does that that comes with 
yeah, there's some that you, some things you can't do, but I'm sure there's there's plenty of things that you are still able to continue to do because you've you've kept up a you know a fitness regimen throughout the years. Right, right. Yeah, I still keep trying to to stay as fit as I can. Um, my eating habits still aren't the best. Got a wife that tries to push me to do better with that, um, but. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta cheat every now and then. Um, talk to us about your time being the judging coordinator. When when did that start? Uh-huh. Your, or you can roughly how long yeah. it's been going? <laughs> it's been well, ten years, fifteen years, somewhere around there. I'll never forget what it was after the Masters Clinic. I was sitting outside of the bar at the airport at the airport. Ramos and says, "Come, you come here. Sit down next to me." Because uh, I want you to be the judging coordinator. I said, "No, for Region Eight, that'd be great, sir." He says, "No, no, no, no. Whole association. We got to get this under control." Uh, and so he said, "I said, well." He says, you, do you have time to do it? I said, no, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I can do it. He goes, he goes and, and, and no be pansy with this. You have to be, you have to be, you have to be tough. No be pansy. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll back you up. Um, and, and he did. He got me in trouble a lot of times. <laughs> Actually, he got so, you in trouble? <laughs> yeah, he got <laughs> So what what that entail? Um, because there really wasn't a certification program at that point, right? No, there was there was basically nothing. Maggie ran things her, her way. Um, when you when they did unlock cert, certificate, they they weren't really certifications. First time she asked me to talk in front of the group, and you know, I had a PowerPoint for her prepared and all this notes and everything prepared. You know, just uh, five minutes. That's that's good enough. You don't need to talk to them too much. They they know everything, and they didn't know everything. And the rule book at the time, if you look at the old rule books, information is scattered throughout. There was nothing organized about it. So we we organ we organized the uh, the uh, judging uh, manual. We got the certification programs going. Uh, in Region Eight, we made it tough that, that you can fail. <laughs> Not everybody passes. And not everybody's happy. Um, uh, one time, uh, Grandmaster Shinner won the championship. Said, "Go see how many uh, people, and, and especially masters, have the in, in, uh, judging patch on them. You know, certified as corner, regional center, international center." So I go out there with my little notepad and said, "Well, probably about twenty percent have it on." I thought so. We're gonna have to get stricter with that. And so a lot of little things he said, I was the, the hitman, so to speak. Uh, no contact. I don't want any contact. Uh, well, you know how that goes. People think I made that rule. I did not make that rule. Um, Let it be known that it was not, he enforced it. He enforced because <laughs> he was told to. I was <laughs> <laughs> told to. <laughs> and uh, the having, having to be certified as international judge uh, in order to be eligible to go to the master's clinic. I did not make that rule. Everybody thinks I just snuck that in there. I didn't sneak that in. That was Grandmaster Shin that wanted that in there. And so things like that. 
kind of reinforce everything. I think we've, we've gotten a lot better. We have we've got a ways to go, but I think we've gotten a lot better. Um, but, uh, the written test, if you don't pass the written test, you, 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 you don't pass. You, gotta, you have time to take it. And one thing that Grandmaster and I disagreed on, and I, he said 15 bucks for certification, and then they have two years uh, to make it up. I said, Grandmaster, how about 50 bucks? He goes, 15 is good. Said, how about 25? He goes, 15. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> uh, so what association could you go to? You've got a certification process. You have two years to make it up. You could keep, keep testing and testing and testing and testing for 15 bucks. It's just, I don't know. You know, you always tell me, you know what the C stands for in uh, my name? Chu. I said, Chu. He goes, no, cheap. J cheap shin. <laughs> and, and to this day, it's still 15 bucks. I'm, I'm still looking to, to change it to where it's, it's, it's around 25 bucks. If you fail it, you can take it again, but you pay 25 bucks again. A lot of people are using certification practice as like a, a practice run. We've had a number of people that have come in and, and failed it, come back and fail it again, come back and fail it again, because they're not they're not practicing. The only the only way you get better is to practice. You you know that. So so I think we've made some pretty good pretty good strides with that. I think so too. In your opinion, what what makes a good judge, whether it's a center judge or a corner judge? Well, confidence is made the main thing. Being confident, but not being cocky at the same time. There are confident ones. Uh, I use Muhammad as uh, Muhammad, you and, and, and your, your, your group uh, as being very confident. When you're in there, you're confident. You, you have an air about you that you're in charge. Uh, and, and, and listen to what I have to say. If I make a mistake, tell me I made a mistake. And we'll take care of it. Uh, being confident and, and going by the rules and doing, doing basically doing your, doing your job. Um, there's certain people that are cocky and they think they're doing their job, but they're just bossing people around. And they, you know, I'm, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, I'll never forget there was a championship in, in Aruba where I, I was the center judge and Grandmaster Shin was watching not too far away under the gun. And uh, I saw a point to one side and the other four judges saw a point to the other side. And this guy came and got in my face. And I'm trying to be composed and, and not scream back at him. Just trying to, one of the other masters came in and jumped in there and separated us out. And the master Shin said, you did good. That's what, that's what you do. So. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It is one of the things that, I think people need to remember is that one, it's a volunteer job, right? <laughs> right? right. You, you go in, we love to do it. And we, we love to provide the opportunity for students. And I enjoyed competing when I competed, but we put our time in to practice and get ready. And, you know, we're not getting paid to be a judge. We're all human. And I, I, I tell the, judges that I work with, whether I'm a corner or a center, whatever it is, that we're all working together. And I've mm -hmm. had people come up to me afterwards and be like, yeah, I, I was a corner for this person. And 
and they did this. And I was like, well, did you say something? It's like, no, mm -hmm. I didn't this time. It's like, next time you got to say something, right? Like speak up because mm -hmm. like for me, if I make a mistake, I want someone to let me know that I made a mistake. Right. Exactly. That's why there's, exactly. that's why there's, you know, five of us is right. not, you know, we're not perfect. So having a, having a team around you is, is important. And and it is it is a team. It's not not just the center judge runs things, but you're a team. You work together. If you don't work together, a cohesive unit, it's not a good not a good thing. And if you don't know the rule book, that's a really important thing. And I always use this master Fisher. He always has that rule book. Whether he's an arbitrator, he's just walking around. He'll pull it out and have it earmarked a certain page. Right here it says this. So know the darn rule book. Right. Yeah, I, I still remember there was, he found a video of, uh, you know, and he, he gives the example of someone making a mistake or letting, you know, someone came up and correctly uh, told a judge to do one thing. And, uh, I'll tell you that's the, that, that, that story goes on. Well, that was me, yeah, <laughs> at I least one of the you. times. Yeah, I know it was, it was my <laughs> student that was videotaping it. She was so happy to be there. She's videotaping everything. And one of the senior masters comes up to you and says, no, he can do this. And you, you talk a little while and then, yeah. Yeah. That's why I tell everybody that there's, there's video and there's also audio. Sometimes you can catch the audio on a lot of this stuff. And you just don't do anything stupid like that. Yeah, it was one of those, you know, you, it only, it had to happen once. And and I, I would not, <laughs> never make that mistake again. I remember coming up, coming up to him afterwards and said, you, you were talking about me, right? And he, get, he he gives me the master Fisher eyebrow, like the, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, just come to me next time, you know, just ask for help. And, and that, and, and that was the lesson, right? Like that there's arbitrators, there's people in place to help you out and be the bad guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, Interesting. Yeah, I use that when no. I talk to you all the time. I don't. I don't use your name. I know. I know. And I, you know, <laughs> it, and I've I've joked about it with you and with Master Fisher plenty. But, um, you know, you gotta let like like I said, we're just human. We're no no one's perfect. Uh, mis mistakes happen as just as long as they don't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the focus now as far as as uh judging are you obviously you're working towards regionals is there anything that you're working on improving oh actually i i just kind of thought about it you, we're starting to do the the timekeeper certification scorekeeper yeah. timekeeper certification yes yes we already have patches that are designed for that already so i have some my some of my students already have them oh, that, that's right you have one in your studio we're yeah master get that out there yeah, Aaron did the inaugural, the test run. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's, I, I tell everybody, the center judge is very important. Scorekeeper is also may maybe second as far as importance. If, if the scorekeeper screws up, then it's big problems. You know, if they add yeah. something wrong and it gets to the head table and some this person should have grand champion and they didn't get grand champion because someone screwed up over here, this is, oh. Yeah, it's really important. And for years, it just was, okay, 
just go keep your time you just get in there and do it well i've never right. done it before just, just do it and a lot of mistakes were made over the years you're right i would argue that it's probably the most important part of it because like you said it people come for for a great experience and hey we try to provide that but sometimes like you said mistakes are made and one of the things that i know like the arbitrators always say is like there's never an easy like there's not there's never going to be a resolution where everyone's happy if right. you make a mistake right. so this is, this is video that's there and the parents are all always videotaping the kids scores so that they have the scores right there Right. If you say this person won and that person didn't win, they say no, it's the reverse of that. Yeah, these scores. I know you can't use it, but it's it's obviously yeah. a mistake that should have been checked. It's interesting. I noticed that at Worlds, there was a there was a person that was they they were taking a picture of every score that was uh, given. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like you said, it's uh, the the age of of social media and you know having having a, uh, a powerful yeah, yeah. camera at your side at all times. <laughs> a lot of times they'll, they'll get, they'll, some of the audience will get pictures of, of, of a master that's sitting there judging and they might've just closed their eyes to rest their eyes for a minute, like in between. And you'll see that, oh, look, this person was sleeping. <laughs> no, they weren't sleeping. They were just resting their eyes. When the match was going on, they were wide awake. Right, right. <laughs> And that's that's where the arbitrators come in too. That someone might complain about something, but it might just be a snippet of a small problem that might have happened. The arbitrator will come and wait there. And if it's, if it's not a problem, then they don't do anything. If, if it is a problem, then they then they take care of it. At, at, the, at the past world, there was a few rings, black belt divisions, that the contact was getting a little tough. Well, let's say a lot tough. So I stood there for a while and I got the center judge and said, I can't let this happen. Goes, but it's, they're having fun. I said, yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Because they, they were just, it was, it was almost full contact. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they finally toned it down a little bit. I left and came back and he goes, I tried. I'm trying. I'm trying. But a lot of times the, 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 the energy of not having tournaments for so many years with COVID, Everybody's getting into that spawn, especially the, the black belt division. The next day for the gut divisions, it wasn't quite as bad. Right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's it. You know, we're going into, I, I forget that U.S. Nationals took our, the place of the regional tournament last year. So we did have a, a tournament at a Kalahari, but it wasn't a, an official regional event. So yeah, this year, the region eight championship. I know. So, you know, this, this year, 2022 will be the first region eight tournament we've had since what, right. 2019. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're right. Just, you know, like I said, there's an asterisk, but you know, it, it was a national tournament. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of that, as far as, you know, they, they always have masters promotion, code on promotions. Do you have, is, is Andy, Andy coming up for promotion yet? I know he's been through the process, Andy Kasiba. Yeah, um, he'll, he'll be promoted at the Kalahari. Awesome. Is that outside of Jeanette, obviously? Um, is he is he your first person to go to Sadan? Um, actually, Jared was my first. Okay, yeah. <laughs> outside um, of your family. <laughs> um, 
Dr. Baker, Jeff Baker. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So that, that's right. He he promoted at nationals, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And he's 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 been he he just had hip surgery. He had hip surgery two years ago. Two, two, two or three years ago. And I think it was he he won't say this, but I think it was a botched hip surgery because he was in pain for like two years. I mean, he come to class, he couldn't couldn't he wasn't walking normal anymore. And he just had redone and he was there the other night and he looks like he was better. So yeah. but, and then I have one other person that was testing with Andy, Crystal Wenrick. Yep. And she's had some health issues, so she had to step back. Um, seems like we have a lot of people with heart problems in our class. Wow. Uh, Dr. Baker had a triple bypass surgery a while back, and he he'd be standing there and, and drilling, and we'd stop for, for a break, and I'd say, I'd say, "You okay, Jeff?" "I'm fine." I said, "You don't look fine. You need to sit down." "I'm I'm okay. I'm just in a little uh, I'm just in a little AFib." I was like, "No, sit down now immediately." <laughs> And I've had several others that act the same way. Just, just sit down. Yeah, that's another skill is, is uh, trying to figure out like, hey, you don't look so well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not a doctor and you're a doctor, but I'm the instructor. I'm the chief instructor. You're going to listen to what I say, sit down. <laughs> and then with, with Jeanette, she has Raynards where your circulation basically. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, my, Aaron has it as well, actually. Well, she's doing some weird stuff in class one day, and I was like, I stopped and said, "What are you doing?" She was my feet really hurt. I said, "You're just, you're just too tired. Just suck it up. Just do it." It wasn't loud for everybody to hear. I looked down at her feet, and they're they're white like this piece of paper. Yep. Uh, and it's like, oh my god. So, yeah, that's yeah, it's interesting. Well, like I said, Aaron would be the same way. Was sitting there, and her feet will be like pale white. Right. Um, all right. So believe it or not, we're we're getting to the hour mark. So I want to wrap it up. Is there is there anything in particular you wanted to to touch base on before we uh, we finish today? Mm. I think we covered a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, no matter how old you are, just hang in there. Keep trying. Keep trying. You can always adjust your your technique to fit your your. You're, we all have many injuries, but to, to, to deal with the injuries and so on, whether they be physical, mental, whatever, physical and mental, uh, don't let that stop you. Don't don't let you don't don't sit on the sidelines. Just try the best and do the best you can. Awesome, I think that's great, great, great advice. And I tell that to people all the time. It's like, oh, I'm too young, I'm too old uh, to start martial arts. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I know that's that's what I get. A lot of the Kids will be taken, and then the parents. I was like, "Why don't you try it? You look like you really want to do it." I'm too old to do that. I said, "If I could still be doing it, you could be doing it." And so, and I and I actually uh, force my students if if you're going to become a black belt, you have to attend one 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 championship. You have to compete one championship. You have to. It's no 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 if ands or buts. Some people go, well, "Why?" So you go there and you see five judges staring at you doing your young. You have judges staring at you doing your weapons. They have judges staring at you doing your scoring. And it's, it, they're not always the friendly, friendliest faces if you're doing something <laughs> wrong. So, 
Yeah, I agree. I like that. I like that as well. I don't, I don't want to force that, but I might, I might start doing that. I always encourage people, but yeah, uh, I, I, I do, I do that. And people say, you know, that was good that I, I actually, I actually liked it. And what I, what I also do too, is I remember back to the old days when we didn't have the embroidered belts. We just had black belt with the stripes on it. Mm-hmm. What I do is there's a six month probationary period. So when someone passes, they get a black belt with no embroidery on it. You make the probationary period, then you get your, your embroidered belt. And a lot of people will stay just to get that embroidered belt. <laughs> they may leave, but a lot, a lot more just, just stay after that six months. They go, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right. I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can work for the next belt. I can work for the next belt. So. I like that. It's just, you know, it's just another carrot to dangle to right. where, where you, you go from getting a color belt every so many months right. to then it's like, all right, what's it going now? Two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they were programmed for, for however many years to work towards a new belt. So it's a different challenge. Right, right. Well, I want to thank you for joining me, sir. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, and and sharing. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you at uh, at an instructor's cl- class or or at least coming up soon in at Kalahari. That's right. You you're going to be there, right? Yes, we'll be there. Oh, we gotta gotta have our best judges there. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know about the you know I am I'm the assistant regional director this year. Oh, that's right. That. That's right. <laughs> I'll have to get a hall pass from Master Heist. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to twist her arm. That's right. You'll have to. You know, you'll have to be like, "Hey, I really, I really need him." <laughs> well, so, they 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 picked uh, Anna Sedianto for the, for the world championship. They put her in as an arbitrator. I was like, "No, you can't put her in as an arbitrator. We need her as a judge, man." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, and I will see you soon, sir. Thanks, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, sir.